Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Puck Talk Live podcast. My name is Logan Rosengard. With me on the call, as always, we have Rafi Sarafi and we have Noah Foster. It's Friday. It's June 8th. No, it is not June 8th. It is June 12th. We graduate tomorrow. My goodness. That's actually crazy. It is, it is a little weird, mainly because, uh, what, like four months ago, three months ago, we were in the WGPK studio doing this to probably no one yeah. listening. And now we have virtually no one listening, but people still hear us. Exactly. <laughs> I'd say we still have more fans than the Coyotes and the Panthers, though. So I take <laughs> this as a win. Yeah. I'll take it as a win. I'll take it as a win. Oh, man. For those, for those of you curious, an update on the Furta Classic. NHL 20 tournament. So we have some interesting matchups. Uh, we have actually two of us are playing first round matchups as lower seeds. Logan and I are playing matchups as lower seeds. I nothing wrong with being an underdog. No, nothing no, wrong sir. at all. I'm playing except Rafi. for the fact that you are just not good at this game, at NHL. But jeez, I'm like not bad. You're, you're, I am. you're you're just. I mean, you were really good the first tournament, and then you just like plateaued. Like, you just didn't get as, like, our friends Jonathan and Ben, like, they, j- and, like, Logan Cohen, like, they got so much better, though, as time went on. Like, I felt like you just, like, plateaued. Yeah. I yeah, mean, probably. yeah, I, I have certainly, certainly plateaued. They've definitely I'm not, caught, I'm not gonna... they definitely caught you. They de- most of them have caught up to you or passed you, so. Yeah. I mean, such is the nature of things. Sure. I guess. You could say that. <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Noah and sure. I are facing off, but yeah, not, not the seeds we expected it. to be at. As I somehow got second, and Noah somehow won a game. Yeah, I won a so, game, which I'm really happy about. It was about. the 2-3 seed matchup, actually, which is very interesting, because I thought it was going to be a 1-4 versus you, Noah, but it's not. Still worked, still worked in our favor, right, Noah? Yeah, I'm just so excited to be playing one of the best players in the tournament just to get knocked out in the first round. Man, I'm just so happy. It's double elimination, though. So I you, can, you could ben, be Ben and then I, play against me or Jonathan. Yeah, it's possible, but, like, whatever. It's going to be fun no matter what. We will give you guys updates on Tuesday after the tournament's over. Playoffs start today, 3.30 sharp. Be there. Or don't, sharp. actually. So, you I'm guys will. By, by the time you hear this, actually, that's not true. By the time you hear this, uh, yeah, by the time you hear this on we'll Spotify, like Apple Music, and Anchor, we will probably be a couple games in. Similar to yesterday, for those of you that follow our Instagram, uh, you will maybe get an update or two. Uh, Rafi, that was a, that was a fun update to, to record. I will tell you that much. Just uh, <laughs> well, where was lost. the update when you, you lost? Where was, the, where was the update where you lost though? <laughs> oh no, but that that was expected. Like exactly. you you were you were going in, uh, going after Johnny's title, and you lost to Cone. Oh, well, Cone was a big underdog coming into the tournament, and yeah, he, he went showed up in a big way. He beat you too, Logan. He beat you. <laughs> that was not I, you. You can't you can't say in. that. Uh, you just can't. I mean, there's only. One person out of everyone who's beaten me more than one time. Everyone else, you and Logan are the only people who have beaten me once. Everyone else has yet to beat me. Except for Jonathan. Yep. I'm yeah. going today, though. Moving on. <laughs> moving, moving on before this banter turns into just a full-out brawl. So, we have, first, an apology and a clarification to make. Because I, I wouldn't call it an apology. I don't, I don't call it a clarification. I mean, it's not, it's not our fault, though, what I call too. Them. No, because it's not. It was false reporting from the – like, it was a good source, too. It wasn't like yeah. our yeah. – it's not like we took it from, like, www.sketchy.com. It was, like, <laughs> the Sun Time or whatever it's called. For the, Ottawa, I think it was Ottawa, Ottawa Sun. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, that was, was like, actual newspaper. So, mm-hmm. it, we, we give the information that we get from these high We also kind of outlets. inferred what they were inferring, too. Yes. Like, yeah. But sa- safely, because I don't necessarily not think that. You know what I mean? Like, we, we all can agree that Eugene Melnick is a terrible person. Yeah. So, but, for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about right now, we had said on the last show, and the Ottawa Sun had reported that Melnick was essentially stealing from his own charity, 
we reported that while a lot of the money had gone to fundraising, only a couple thousand out of the million or so had gone to the actual charity and the right. rest had reportedly gone to Melnick. Uh, that is not true, in fact. The uh, Ottawa Sun apologized to... about that. Yeah. It was information that got bad information that got led to a pretty clear, um, pretty clear, like, blanking on the word but like the jump to conclusion was like a pretty clear one from the information given but since it was bad information it was a bad conclusion so he is we still say that he is still a bad person because the sense foundation cut ties with the ottawa senators not necessarily citing melnick as a reason but we can all assume that so that so he still make him a good person just makes him that he doesn't he's not sitting from his own charity which makes him a slightly better person. than Yeah, a it was just like to help raise awareness, too. It wasn't really too much with the money, too. It was making sure that they were... The fundraisers were to make sure more people were aware of the issues and stuff that was yeah. going on. So exactly. it was... It made sense once they, like, came back and said, okay, actually, this isn't exactly what happened. Regardless, though, Eugene Melnick, certified bum, but... Still. He's not... Yeah. He, Still. It's not... That would have definitely been, like, the cross line that's the lowest of the low so at least he's not that he's close he's he's getting to the asymptote but he's not gonna hit the asymptote unless he really really does something wrong but so that's our clarification slash kind of apology was an apology apology. we're not sorry we don't need to be sorry about that that's not our i mean we we also reported it but it wasn't like we were the people it it was from the top that trickled down yes. to everyone else. So, exactly. Bad information clarified. The people good. at the top apologized. We're just clarifying. Yes. Exactly. So we're all good. Moving on, we do have a lot of stuff to talk about today. As usual, our Friday shows are kind of slow, but there has been some news uh, that we can talk about, give our opinions on, as it always seems to be. Uh, two injuries, two people with injuries that have fully recovered. Uh, Jeff Carter had successful core muscle surgery and is expected to be fully healthy for next season. So he will He's not be up playing. there too in age. So yeah. So I'm glad that he reco- fully recovered. The Kings aren't too hot. So they weren't, so he's not, they weren't worried about him making him being ready for the playoffs. They were nowhere near, they were nowhere near making the playoffs anyway. Right. Johnny Boychuk from the Islanders has fully recovered from his eye injury and is ready to play as soon as the playoffs begin in late July. So that's also good to hear from the Islanders camp that one of their star defensemen will be ready to go. I mean, yeah. Well, okay. It, there, you're going to be seeing a lot of like, and I'm mainly talking about playoff teams, you know, people coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. Jeff Carter, and Johnny Boychuk, for that matter. Eh. People that I don't think would have made monumental additions to their lineup. I mean, Jeff Johnny Carter, Boychuk, though. Yes. Let, Jeff, Carter, honest, though, well, Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter, Jeff Car- though, has that experience. And not the saying Kings that aren't even in the playoffs, that, first off. I don't saying, even know why I brought that, doesn't up, have that <laughs> not, not saying he doesn't have that magic anymore, but I think we all remember those two cups with the Kings. He was yeah. essential. And yeah. the Flyers' cup run in 2010, too. Like, Jeff Carter was People forget he was on the Flyers. Piece. Yeah. yeah. And then he got he traded to L.A., sadly. He, he, he got, he got his, his cup, though. Died. He did get his cup. Thankfully, he got his cup. Yeah, yeah. and he's the reason why Lundqvist didn't get a cup, so. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. But then again, but, Lundqvist could very well get a cup somehow. Somehow. Uh, he could get a championship tonight. Who knows? He uh, could. I hope. We'll see what yeah. happens. <laughs> but good news for them, though, on that side. Something else. The training camps are expected to start July 10th, I believe, for the NHL. Yes, July 10th. Yep. Yeah, July so, 10th is so date. we finally got a date for training camps which is very exciting because there is we've been still waiting for work to be some done dates. though of course yeah. like always there very much is but moving in the right direction as, as yeah. every day passes and as every time an update happens uh, we get a bit closer we get closer and closer to that beautiful day where we can watch live hockey again so it's and looking, that, is, it, that is for clarification 
uh, formal training camps, not like what's been going on right no, now. No, this is like full yeah, team. This is, this is like full. On July 10th, full team, full training camp, like before the season. Yep. And, it's, so, and then we can kind of assume that it's going to be – I mean, I think they're still voting, but I think we can assume it's going to be at least two, three weeks, the training camps. So that means you can expect the hockey playing and round-robin games to resume and begin – First week of August, last week of July, I think is a fair assessment at the moment with how things are trending. So we're getting there. Mm-hmm. We're less than yeah. we're basically less than a month. We're now officially less than a month away from training camp. So we get closer and closer to hockey again, and I need it. Yeah, we are all very excited for hockey to return on our screens. For pretty much any sports to return on our screens, but hockey especially. Yep, it is. Yes. It, it, it's a good time for hockey. Indeed. I can't really complain. Like, as much as it sucks that we don't have hockey, it's still a good time for hockey. Every time's a good Every time's a good time for hockey. I don't know what I'm talking about. Honestly. Kim Pegula is staying as the Sabres president. Why? Why is that? that is... Why, why isn't that entire front office being uh, dismantled? Starting with Jason Botterill, first and foremost. Because they're, uh, yes, Even if it, the business has, side is a little messed up, but at least the business yeah. side has some competence over Jason Botterill, the GM. He has, he has bought in his name. Like, yeah. That, that should just, like, show you he's just, like, completely incompetent. And if you needed any more proof over, over his horrendous, uh, like, handling of trades and player, it's... Ryan O'Reilly. Okay, let's let's be honest. It's been really awesome. Let's think about this, though. The Ryan O'Reilly trade at the time was a solid trade. No, it wasn't. I think it was, was for the most part, it was solid. I don't think it was too bad. What are you saying? Ryan O'Reilly completely exceeded expectations in St. Louis. He completely showed up there. That's true. That's not what Buffalo thought they were giving up in that trade. Are you kidding me? They yes. knew exactly what they were giving up when they gave him up. He was a consistently good player. When you look at his first season in St. Louis, he yes, he did outscore himself from the previous season, but he was always a 60-plus point scorer. He always had that capacity. Why trade him? You can you him and Eichel could have been built around. Like that would have been if you if you give Eichel one more superstar in Buffalo. They're not as bad as they are. Jeff now, Skinner. Right? You have, Jeff Skinner is not worth. Jeff Skinner is not. Jeff a Skinner Jeff was Skinner definitely, barely a. Jeff Skinner was he, worth he, it until. Until he fell off the face Jeff of the Jeff Skinner earth, had an much. off year. I think he's going to bounce back okay, next year. Okay, okay. Logan, like, this was a won. trade, though. It was Patrick Berglund, Vladimir Sabatka, a first and a second for Antage Thompson for Ryan O'Reilly. That's a lot of value. Sabatka didn't want to play. In what Buffalo. has Berglund done? Sabatka's turned out not to want to play in Buffalo, yeah, understandably. Yep. And Tage Thompson the first has also dropped off the face of the earth. Who were the first and second round picks? The second rounder have? is in 2021. I don't okay. know who the first rounder was. But as you can tell from me not remembering, they're probably... It's probably not very important. It's probably yeah. just like a bomb. Tage prospect. Thompson doesn't do much. Like, they're not... That's like, like, that, that's like a, yes, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of value for it. But, like... If it just didn't pan out together. Though. It's not. It's not more it, than O'Reilly. I think it just didn't pan out. I think it was unfortunate that the value just didn't teeter even close to it. I, I understand the trade somewhat. I don't think they should have traded him, obviously, but I understand like the reasoning, and I understand the yeah, pieces they got back. Like it's not a, when it happened. I was like, okay, this is not a terrible. Like obviously, St. Louis wanted a deal, but it wasn't like an awful. Now when we look back on it after. Over a season, like a St. Louis really won the cup. Trade. O'Reilly was amazing. Sabaka yep. didn't want to play. Jason Botterill, but that's why it was changed the dynamic. I mean, so so. You, uh, let then me, there's let the Jeff me, Skinner's contract too, though. To Patrick Barkley, an NHL horrible. caliber player, someone that uh, is he? Yeah, like. Currently, right now, is he an NHL caliber player? Sick of that guy. No, yeah, four he didn't play single game this season. Tage Thompson he played like... one game for the for the uh, for the Sabers this season. 
And in the AHL, he didn't get more than 15 points. Jeez. And uh, Sabatka, is, we all know what happened with Sabatka. brutal. So, Rafi, you tell me, does that seem fair for a guy that went on to win the Selkie and helped the Blues win a cup? Does that seem like a fair obviously, trade? Like, I know it didn't pan now, out, but you're telling me Jason Botterill really believed that a kid who at most had 18 points and 30 games played for the San Antonio Rampage down in the AHL, you're telling me he's an NHL player. You're telling me an older player like Patrick Berglund and a, and a, and a kid who you deterred from playing this season. That panned out. Or that that, that, that was supposed I to pan think out. It's, right? I think it's... I think the instant I think the instant the trade broke the news, it probably didn't look that bad. But as time goes on, I think it the value just becomes so much worse. And yeah, worse and like worse it's and worse obvious the, that the trade, like you, everything you were saying about Ryan O'Reilly, like Selkie, blah blah blah. Like this was all after when he was on the Blues. Like, like yes, he, he was, was a really a good Selkie player. Selkie caliber player. Selkie candidates don't. But need you a- have to think. What yeah. do you mean? Yeah. Not in Buffalo. He was he was a he was a top six guy, but he wasn't. Ex- like, he was Ryan O'Reilly. Like, he wasn't expected to be the Ryan O'Reilly we saw in the Blues. Jack Eichel scores no. 80 so points would... every season. Ryan O'Reilly can score 60 points, somewhere between 50 and 75 points a season. And you trade him for a kid that didn't make it into the NHL, an old guy who hasn't played a game since last season, and a kid who you deterred away from the team. What? Yes, you didn't know that Sabatka wouldn't play, but... That's still at that point. It's it's basically you, you, one you, for forget Sabatka. It's basically the, one for it, one plus forget Sabatka. Forget Sabatka in this. Berglund, Thompson. Berglund was old. Thompson, not a great NHL. Not 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 a top six player by any means. Jason Botterill it, it, overvalued. Every I mean, Case Thompson player. was a first rounder too. Or he undervalued. Like he was a former first rounder. O'Reilly. Like there was, it was kind of like an Alex Nylander move where they were trying to revive his career. Like I, I still don't think. Like I, I just think that you're looking at this from how he performed this season. So like you, the only point you've made from before that deal that could make an argument is that he was a sixty point, seventy point player for sure. But other than that, though, and you like, have Jack Eichel. I, Why trade a sixty, seventy point player when you have Jack Eichel? Yes, I know Jack Eichel's a centerman, but you can still pair the two of them up. Like, but Jason Botterill with, uh, is not with, competent enough to build the team around uh, Ryan O'Reilly and Jack Eichel. He traded Ryan O'Reilly. He's not competent. He's not competent enough to build the team around just Eichel, let alone two. Players. I don't think he's a good GM, but I still think that that deal was. At no. the moment it was made, the Blues won the trade. The Blues won the trade by a mile. They got a they got a selfie It wasn't candidate. even before I'm even not... before the Cup winning season. He was always in conversation. He was always a top five vote getter mm. for Selkie. For, uh, when he was on the Blues, for Colorado the Blues and Buffalo. When he, the... when he played in Colorado and Buffalo, he was a Selkie. He was a Selkie caliber player almost every season. Almost every season. And he could score. I do think they needed a shakeup too, though. I think so. You trade away your Buffalo best was, player. I'm not saying that that was. I think They're it was more that. mostly for the picks but too. That, though. I thought the way that looked when they picked up Sabaka and Berglund's also big contracts, it looked like they were heading in a rebuild. But then they've been in a rebuild for nine seasons. Nine mil- but then when you decide to sign <laughs> Jeff Skinner to a nine million dollar contract, who is not oh, as good God. as. Ryan O'Reilly, and for a million and a half more, then that's really like he well, needs to make up his okay, mind. If you, if the you Ryan O'Reilly trade would have been fine. If you want to talk offense. about the Skinner signing, they needed the offensive firepower. They needed someone on the wing to help uh, on another line to help with their forwards, and it worked until they were, December. Yes, they weren't. Re- they didn't decide if they're a rebuilder or not, and they got trapped in limbo. They didn't because you gave up a big. You gave up big. You gave up. Evander Kane, you give up Laner, you give up O'Reilly. Laner wasn't that, that good in Buffalo anyways. He was not he Laner did not have solid, a great but he, yes, he wasn't as good. in his contract season. He was not he the Robin Laner. Like still 
of the Islanders. He is not but the Vesna candidate with... winner that we the Vesna finalist that we saw on the island last season in his contract year in Buffalo. But he was a he the thing a was though goalie. You're right. Buffalo is in a rebuild though. They traded Ryan O'Reilly. They traded. They got rid of Robin Lehner. They traded Evander Kane away. It looked like they were rebuilding. That's what I'm trying to say. They were trying to rebuild. It would, they were taking. They took two bad contracts on for players that would have played bottom tier minutes. They took a guy, Tage Thompson, who had potential. Now he's he, a now top he kind nine forward at best, and even then he hasn't proven himself he's, in the AHL. He had he had potential. He had potential when the trade happened. Two seasons to be ago, solid he didn't top, have more than twenty points to be a top professional league. He had a solid top six potential. And twenty points a season in the AHL is not top. They six got potential, a first roughly. and a second round pick. They got a first and a second round pick out of it. That looks like a team that's rebuilding. That looks like a trade a lot of rebuilders would make. Yes, but if you're going to rebuild, you have to, and trade a guy that can get sixty points a season because he did reach the sixty point mark in Buffalo twice. You trade a defensive guy who can bring, who can move the puck on both ends of the ice, and you get a guy who has not proven himself and is not showing signs of proving himself. You pick up a contract like Patrick Berglund. And Sabatka was the best young piece of that, of that trade. And you pick up a first and second rounder. If you really, really want to show that you're rebuilding and you really want to rebuild from that, from that trade, you don't get Tage Tom. You don't settle for Tage Thompson, and you don't pick up that bad contract. You bargain because if you wanted to get rid of Ryan O'Reilly, he had the potential on another roster, like he did with St. Louis, to break out with the right guys on his line and the right play style to be played in. There were plenty of other also- teams that could have used his services that probably would have paid the proper asking price for a player like Ryan O'Reilly. The thing, too, though, was there's a lot of us, too, that Ryan O'Reilly wasn't very happy with Buffalo's situation. Like, Who would have been happy? I don't know if you surprising. I don't think you remember this, but he was like, I feel throughout the year I've lost the love of the game multiple times. You need to get it back. You need to get back to it because it's just eating myself up and it eats the other guys, too. It's eating us up and it's tough. Like, he obviously... When that comes out, though, that's what's when going. that comes out, though, when a start like Jack Eichel, like if he, yeah, let's just say, say when he made that Jack comment, says. his value went from a ton to like it, your value goes down if you openly say I'm unhappy with the situation. I'm not saying Jack Eichel has lost. His I don't, run from, like, I don't think that's the case. Support. I really don't think that's the case because if you're unhappy in the situation, I think it does. That is not that is not a factor of your play. If you are playing at an elite level. If you're That's playing true, at an elite no. level, I'm not saying Ryan O'Reilly was playing at, at the most elite level, but if you're playing at a high caliber of play and you say you're not happy with the team and the organization you're at, I don't think that I don't think that decreases your value. If anything, it looks it it uh what I think it for it, sure does. It it bends the it other decreases your value GMs that are shopping around trying to get Ryan O'Reilly to their team. It forces them to match whatever Botterill values him at. Botterill completely undervalued think... Ryan O'Reilly. Botterill lost that trade by a I don't mile. Think... Doug Armstrong fleeced him. I don't think that Rafi was saying that it decreases your trade value. Because I think it increases your yeah. trade value, like you were saying, Logan. But I think it decreases your value to the team, right? Like, if you walk into the locker room after making the, like, what do you think? How do you think Eichel's teammates looked at him after he walked in the comments saying, I'm, hu- I'm unhappy playing here? They probably because said, you know what, it's you're not right. just they. Pro- yeah, they probably said, you know what, you're right, because no one likes playing a Buffalo for those exact reasons. But, like, how is that going to impact – even even if they say, okay, I they could – there's, like, basically two reactions, right? There's, like, I don't really want to play for you anymore because you don't like playing with us. Or the other reaction is, yes, you're right, I agree with you, but how do you think that affects the team morale? Like, how do you think that affects – we've talked about winning culture a lot and how that affects Buffalo's places. No, but I, like, there's I, no I, – I culture. think that in some way that if a player comes out saying that they're not happy with the situation, it does decrease their trade value because that creates like a thorn in the general manager's side where they have to like they're now they're just trying to get rid of it. Oh, he I doesn't want saying. he doesn't want the bad culture. He doesn't want all that stuff because if you see a guy like an assistant captain like Ryan O'Reilly consistently being bummed out, not show like not being a leader and all that stuff, then it just completely ruins everything. So I think. 
that in some senses it does lower the trade value if you do come out. And I think St. Louis knew exactly what they're doing. They're looking for a solid second center to help their team, and they found Ryan O'Reilly in the right place, right time, gave him the offer. Botterelli's like, I don't care. Just take off my hands and did it. I feel like you're both right, though, right? Like, it, it, it makes the GM of the player's job, like, for, in this case, for O'Reilly or Eichel, it makes the Sabres GM job harder, but it makes the other GM jobs easier, right? Because they can say, okay, look, we, want it, we, we know this guy doesn't want to be here, so we can take him off your hands for you for this. Um, I, guess, I guess, like, it, really, it depends on the GM, right? Because you could say, you can be like, okay, well, we could take him off your hands for this, because we know what you want, and they can offer a lower value than what he's actually worth, right? But they could also say, look, we know you want to get him off your hands fast. I'm going to give you a higher deal than what you're asking for or the deal you're asking for just to get him out of there as fast as possible. So it, it's like it could happen, you know, either way. It really depends on the situation. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly um, was also a movable piece. Like, you're, you're not going to – even if this was a regular offseason – you weren't going to hear Jack Eichel say that and then a bunch of teams start calling Botterelli asking for Jack Eichel's value. Like, Jack Eichel is not a player that you're going to be able to trade for if it's like... Uh, I wouldn't guarantee that. I would not I'm sure guarantee someone, it. There are teams that called, but I don't think that it would have been I don't like, think any team called been... him yet. I don't think any team called him yet. I personally would well, yeah, not be surprised right if now. we... If, not, right, not right now. I wouldn't be surprised if a team like... Uh, I, I I've been seeing some stirrings that uh, maybe Montreal is going to try and make a make a push. Big Montreal push. is always like God. the top team to make a sneaky move, but they never make that sneaky move. Like I think, like you remember the Aho situation last year alone because you're a big Hurricanes guy. Oh yeah. Oh, the, 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 and here, here's the thing with that. I actually very much. First off, he did the job for Don Waddell, or uh, yeah, Don Waddell. So thank you, Bert Bert Ber- Secondly, Bergevin did that strategically because you have a GM who really cannot afford to, you know, he had the cap space. But in terms of signing bonuses and money up front, the team was not in the best position to do that. So it was a strategic move because if the team couldn't match the offer, they just got themselves. Yes, they may have had to give up a couple of uh, pieces because it was an offer. It would have been like a first, a second, and a third round pick, I believe. Or it may have been... You may have had to give up some draft picks, but if Montreal had Sebastian Ajo, they would not have been the uh, 12th seed in the East. Like well, that, also, that was a very Sebastian Ajo was traded. They would, so, uh, Sebastian Ajo did yeah, right. worth like a first, a second, and a solid A level prospect a, a, at yes. the least. And a, a, a roster spot and a top six roster forward. So, Philip Deneau. Maybe a top nine. Top nine for sure. So, Philip Deneau. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Maybe Andrew Shaw if he didn't get traded. Andrew Shaw would. Digress. Okay. I, I agree. I agree yeah. with you on that. That 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 was just that was just me pointing that out. Yeah. Yeah. With the Ajo so, situation, because that that yeah. that was a but, very uh, calculated move by Bergman. That was not trying to stir the pot to stir the pot. That was not him signing that contract, knowing that like he signed the contract in hopes it was that a, he it was been right a, on the right track of they will not be able to afford the pay in the first three years. That is why well, that was signed the way them. it was. Like either Aho goes to the team and they give up minimal draft picks for Sebastian Ajo or yeah, as you were saying, like that puts Carolina immediately in the crunch. And then a few months later, they have to offload Justin fall to St. Louis. Yep. So okay. Mark Bergevin, he used to get a lot of heat, but now he's been, now people are starting to, acknowledge he, he still gets a lot of heat, but, but it's also like, I feel like it's kind of like Chicago too. Like how we always harp on Stan Bowman. Like we, it's hard to look at the good moves that a general manager makes when, like, the Druin for Sergeyev trade a few years ago, and Druin's just not panning right. out right now. So. Right. It, it's easy to – or, like, the P.K. Subban trade at the time, too, was why would you do that? So, mm-hmm. high, the bigger yeah. the market, the harder the fans are going to be on the general Especially manager. Especially when you're in the – like, I don't think you can disagree with me on this. The the Montreal Canadiens have the, the the Montreal market is the harshest market in sports. In, in hockey. for hockey, for sure, for ho- yeah, because because you have that yeah. expectation, you have those twenty three, twenty four Stanley and Cups, French Canadians and are you, stern. And it, <laughs> let's be honest, if I if I was born in, let's just say, okay, I was born in two thousand two. 
if I was a Montreal Canadiens fan, I'd be annoyed because like twenty four cups, but the Canadians can't win a cup in the throughout my life right now. Like that makes no oh, yeah. sense. So I yeah. Like it it's like the Canadians haven't been bad since that last cup win in the ninety three, ninety four season. But they've been bad the past couple of years. But then not, again, like the early twenty tens like, like since like twenty fifteen but... they've fallen off a bit. But like before twenty from yeah. like tw- two thousand eight to like twenty fifteen, though maybe a bit earlier too. Like the yeah, Montreal Canadiens, yeah. and they then picking up Carey Price, like yeah, just so, that helped a lot. Obviously, yeah, I think it's I think it's tough because there's a lot of expectations. There's a lot of obviously since you're in Canada too, uh, like you want to you want to say like okay, well let's let's have our Canada teams be good because right now, all the Canada I wouldn't say all most of the Canada teams are really bad. Well, I mean, right. this year it's kind of started. Not very good. It's been up on the rise for the most part. I mean, Ottawa's the only team. A little that... bit, yeah. Vancouver, Oilers. I mean, debatably, yeah, Vancouver Ottawa's... was going to make the playoffs as a wild card team. And then, they so you would have really likely had Montreal and Ottawa being the only two teams sitting out. Yeah. Well, the Oilers, Oilers have been looking up ever since Dreisaitl has been popping off. That certainly has helped. Um, but, like, you want to you have the reign of terror. Yeah, because it's also See, like you want to have the Canadians want to support too, though. Like they need to, like exactly. the, let's be honest though, they have like fifty. I think just over fifty percent of all the NHL's players that have roster spots are from Canada. Like so, they're winning. You saw the St. Yep. Louis Blues roster. I I think it was all Canadian. I think there was very minimal other uh, nationalities. And we all know how good Canada is in Olympics. Yeah, it depends. Depends on how for if, hockey, well, for international hockey, year, but... yes. Prime TJ Oshie though was. Huh. That's true. Yep, Canadians won't seem to forget about that. But in many years, they have the better team uh, than the U.S. does, just because they have like the sheer number of, pl- of good players. I mean, Russia have. isn't too bad too, and I mean their their KHL no, but... also has had some buzz the last few days with Lawrence Pilot choosing yep. the KHL over Buffalo. Signing a two-year deal, he's like twenty-six, so that just shows how things are going in Buffalo. And then Brendan Lysbeck, yeah, speaking connecting Buffalo our, our and good, our good pal, Buffalo who's nowhere, who's likely the last person in the world to win the Bill Masterton Trophy ever, <laughs> has officially also decided to go to the KHL and take all of his uh, talents in air quotes per se to the KHL as well. So we have two KHL moves now. That's where they're probably that's a that's a rumor that's a rumor that life that he's, life's yes. going to he is set at KHL, the moment. Right? Lawrence Pilot is officially going to the KHL. He chose the KHL for Buffalo. So as we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. Buffalo, <laughs> and then Brendan Lifespick is so expected great. to head to the KHL. But we can obviously all we he's can not come back to yeah he's not coming back to the NHL. He's not, he's not he does not have a spot. Nope, not after yeah. this year. No, oh, yeah, no way. He already got Absolutely caught, and not. now he's if he's if he's going to play hockey again, it's going to be overseas for sure. Yeah. Yep. Oscar Dansk exactly. was offered a signed, not offered a one year contract extension with the Vegas Golden Knights organization, worth league minimum of seven hundred thousand dollars a season. Big move for those of you that uh, haven't been no, living under a, a rock. Guy. He's a he is. Uh, for those of you that haven't been living under a rock. Uh, Oscar Dance was one of the goalies relied on in that crazy start to the Vegas Golden Knights season when they had all of their goalies injured, all of them, all of them, and he helped them. Uh, I thought that, that was this little... season, though. Wasn't that this season too? I think they're always injured. They got injured, but it wasn't as serious. Uh, wasn't to as go crazy over his. Uh... Oh wow, it's just not showing up at all. His wins, his win loss, but. He does have a two five seven goals <laughs> against and a nine oh eight save percentage on the season with the Chicago Wolves. Last season with the Wolves in forty games, he had a two forty six and a nine thirteen. In it's not horrible. Also twenty six too. Uh, so in, he, he hasn't in, hit the prime in yet. Five yeah. NHL games played with yeah. four game starts. He's three one. He's three and one with a two eight nine and a nine fifteen. Better than Garrett's twenty six years old. He's yeah, a good goalie. Like Sparks. that, that's a great move because think about it. You are likely going to have to. Tr- 
If you want to keep Laner and Mark Andre Fleury, of one of them. you are going to have oh, to Jesus. dump some cap because Mark Andre Fleury will likely not take yeah. anything less than seven million dollars. Rightfully so. You mean Robin so. Laner? Well, Mark Andre Fleury still on a seven million dollar contract for another two years after this one. It's Robin Lane. You for Vegas? You have Robin Laner, Derek Englund, John Merrill, Nosek, Cousins, Stephenson, Ryan Carlson. Reeves. No, William Carson's already signed. Oh, you're talking about the free agent class. Okay, yes, yes. But Paul Stastny is on a no-trade clause, and his contract is $6.5 million for another so is, is year. Is it a modified? Does he have a team, or is it just a trade? Yes, no it's, trade a, it's a modified no-trade clause. How many teams? I'm not sure. It uh, should say. If you're on cap friendly, it should say. It does not. But regardless, though, it's a modified no-trade clause. So uh, Okay. That doesn't seem like too many big names, though. Well, yeah, like, but you gotta, you gotta remember the way that Vegas, thing, the big one is Paul Reeves. Thing, before we continue, is yeah, as a cap dump because he has one more year left on his for six and a half million dollars. So the, he could, yeah, like, yeah, if Ottawa was him. like, "Hey, we'll take him off your hands, but you need to pay up a bit." Like that could be a, it could be like a David Backus type trade that Boston made earlier this yeah. season. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna be able to. Keep yeah, it's a ten. So there. he he has a ten uh, team, no trade list. Uh, Stasny. So okay, it's unlikely just because so, Paul. The, so the way that the Vegas Golden Knights style of play is, it is very, uh, it's very reliant on on their uh, on like defense, just just based on the the style, the the players that they have. Jonathan Marchessault is a great forward. William Carlson is not. Uh, as explosive on the offense as he was Vegas' inaugural Mark, Mark Stone constantly getting – he's Mark always Stone up for is, is, a, is a Selkie, but he can score. He can exactly. score. Exactly. He's also 28. He's just entering mm-hmm. his prime. I had no idea that he was that young. Jesus. Um, but, yeah. you know, they have all these guys. They are not the most offensive – you know, they have Max Pacioretty. They added him, and he's been a great asset to their team. He's going to be – I think he will retire a, uh, a night. Um, well, he has four more years too, so yeah. he'll be like thirty. And he's thirty-one. Yeah, so he'll be like thirty-five-ish. So, I mean, but yeah, we. I just can't... L- listen to their names. They don't have a lot of guys that can score. They they don't have guys that can score a lot all the time. But they yeah, have guys that I agree. Can, you know, they got they got consistent sixty points, seventy point scores. They don't have anyone that can really go 80, 90 points. Like say Patrick Kane, Jack Eichel, Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, like you look at their defense. They, they rely on the way four, they rely on their defensive. Yeah, uh, their top four is Nick Schmidt, yeah. Shea Theodore, now Alex Martinez, and then Braden McNabb. Nick, so that's a solid top four. And Nick four. Holden as a five. And then they also have John they, Merrill, too. And it's Derek Anglin, yeah. too. And Derek Anglin is a great, great asset to their defense. And He's even a great they, six guy. And even before they picked up Robin Lehner, they still had Marc-Andre Fleury. And we, we all know yeah. that Marc-Andre Fleury is uh, pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's not bad. I'm going to interrupt you guys. This is a good discussion for some breaking news. That unfortunately, a Bruins player has tested positive for COVID nineteen, and that GM Don Sweeney says the unidentified player has not been a part of the informal workouts with teammates. So that second part is good. That first part is not. But that this this does bring up a question. It was a false positive of. Yeah, it was a false positive. For, uh, according to ESPN, yeah, that's so. So that does bring up then two questions, right? Of one testing. If you get something like that, a false positive. So what happens if like somebody tests positive, they quarantine for two weeks or something like that, and it turns out not to be like it turns out to be false positive and they missed a couple of games yeah. of the playoffs, whatever. But the bigger issue is what happens when someone tests positive for like and it's a true positive, right? So what happens to their team? Does a whole team have to not play? Do they have to like forfeit their spot? Does it like um is it just the player and the people in like his hotel room that have to quarantine? So it's going to be, that's my biggest concern going into the playoffs. And I know we've talked about it before that they're probably going to come up with a plan for it, but it's still just something to keep in the back of your head that like this, like it's obviously still out there and like players can't be quarantined in their hotel rooms forever. So but there probably are going to be a couple more cases before this. But let's be the honest too. The, the last, the Las Vegas the trip started, itself is, has hundreds of, Hotel room. So you theoretically could. There's sure. it is the hotel capital of the world. 
Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. if anything, too, if you can't – I mean, at the end of the day, too, you can theoretically just have at least at maximum like two players per room or maybe even one player at, at how large it is. So, I, I don't think it would be – like you would have one area for Vegas and then you would have Patrick Redding in one room. You would have McNabb in another room, Flurry in another room. And it could work out. Yep. I, I think that Vegas, it works out in the way that you have so much space where it's, and so many – rooms where you can quarantine so and i'm sure before they even go into the hotel before they even go into like an elevator stairs like they're gonna get their temperature checked in the morning just to make sure they're good to go before they start going around and walking so yeah if a player tests positive i'm sure they'll just stay in the room for the whole day and just get tested in the next week or two just to double check and move on from there but for vegas i don't see that as a problem i don't know I mean, we've heard LA and Chicago as two other options, and then Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver. I would go to LA or Chicago. I would genuinely stick with like like. I wouldn't. I like LA a lot. You want to stick with the fact that it's a smaller city? Like you have to think logically about the virus. Like I genuinely like I I don't see. Well, a then reason it, I think it Chicago... makes sense though that you don't make it. You don't make tr- uh, travel by plane needed like if you go to LA then you can just yeah. one of the teams just drives over to Vegas or and vice versa so I, I feel like LA yes for the business standpoint you want to go to Canada but Chicago is too far because you're flying and LA I'd, I'd say now with things kind of opening up a bit I, I don't know this up in California Nevada but I'd say it'd still take at least like it'd be like a three hour drive from LA to Vegas I'm not I'm not too familiar you're, with you're you're you're, so, you're somewhere right around there. I'm pretty sure that's it, it's a it's that's a pretty equivalent distance. Somewhere in there, like the thing I get what you're saying, Rafi. But like you also think about like if it's a if it's a big city, right? Obviously, there's a lot of people. There's more chance that the virus spreads to um to the players. But yeah, like, it's like four hours. Yeah, but like if it's so if it's a smaller city, obviously there's less people. But like by that logic, then you could then you should play in Montana, right? So it's but like not, you need, not, you need the hotel hotels, space. You need exactly. the media. You need a lot exactly. of hotels. You have to. You have to. Yep. See. Exactly. Yep. Like Vegas works out so well where you mm-hmm. like, and I think it'll work out too. Regard like if they choose wherever, because by the end of the first like two weeks, there's already going to be like eight teams gone exactly. from both cities. So you're already like you're already down like what would be half of your half of your hub. So. And then it just keeps getting smaller and smaller. So at the end of the day, too, it's not at, – at the start, it's like you need to be very locked down. But as you get, like, further and further on, it like, at the end of – like, you don't need, like, a city like Vegas, for example, for, like, the semifinals. Because there's – you have so much space. Like, it's nice to have, but you it's could have gone space, to, like, yeah. Edmonton and you would have been okay, too. So Exactly. You could have played like, that once, game in Montana. <laughs> Once we get on with it, like I think it'll be fine. But for like training camps, for example, yeah, training camps will be sense. at their home yeah. cities, well, right? I believe. I actually don't know. Has that been decided I, yet? I don't or know, are we? Actually. I think we're. I think I've been hearing some buzz around that. But yeah, if I don't think any of us can confirm that, then so I, I'm, I think it might be happening. But I'm again, I'm not going to say anything that I'm not 100 percent about. So I will not put any misleading information out there but if training camp was in one city then that'd be a kind of a problem but if it's all spread out and then they all come to like vegas for example 16 teams i don't think it'll be that's probably or 12 teams yeah 12 teams i think it's 12 12 teams teams. yeah 12 teams has to be i don't think it'd be too big of a deal yeah so that's that's the update i i think that it's gonna be you know i think i think think it's gonna work out no matter what i think the league is like we've we've uh, praised the league before for moving swiftly, moving decisively, and with some good action so far. Um, so hopefully they keep that trend up. The one last thing before we go, and I know we're not going to talk about this too much. The Gino, Gino, because oh no, I want to. I want to end up. Yeah, so continue. So okay, so uh, Nathan McKinnon, one of the best players in the league, says that Artemi Panarin deserves a heart trophy. Huh. It's almost it's almost like someone on our show has been saying that for who knows past how long. So it's it's I really so hope I'm that... basically Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, I'm Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> exactly. 
Yep. Nice. If to you, you look at my Chell comparison to Nathan McKinnon's actual <laughs> player type, and I think they're very similar, but that might just be me uh, having too big of an ego at the moment for this Panarin move. Yeah, probably. Um, so that's it, it. Does bring up an interesting conversation about well, Drysaitel exceeded expectations and he absolutely dominated, but Panarin practically carried the Rangers. Panarin carried his team, and Drysaitel was the and Drysaddle was just unexpected and just really, the really league good. MVP. If there was a league MVP, Drysaddle team MVP is which like, isn't is that Panarin. the Ted Lindsay uh, uh, to, or something like that? I don't the think that's MVP. the MVP. That's, on, let me double check this. Uh, double check on that. But proceeding on with my point, the Hart Trophy is to the player who is most valuable to their team. Mm-hmm. So the Ted Lindsay is basically the player's Noah, MVP. And, the Ted Lindsay Award, formerly known as the Lester B. Pearson Award, is awarded annually to the NHL League's yeah. most outstanding so that would be... player in the regular season as judged by the members of exactly. the NHL PA. Yeah, it's <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl. Leon Dreisaitl gets that yeah, award. That's... But Panarin literally, like, him and advantage. I'll give Zavanger his credit, too. But for the most part, Panarin, like, dragged the team. Well, Zavanger was out for, like, a month, too. And during that time, Panarin was literally, like, yeah, like he was, he was, he was popping off. He was doing what Panarin. If he was doing what he conf- couldn't do in Chicago. I can confidently say that if Artemi Panarin was not signed by the New York Rangers, the Rangers wouldn't be in the playoffs. They wouldn't yep. be in this this playing bracket. There's no way. No. They would have either they barely been... snuck in, or they would have just missed the playoffs entirely. There's no way. No, they would have missed the playoffs entirely, without a doubt. There's no way. Panarin put up ridiculous numbers. Because and, we've seen also when Drysaddle was a bit like under the radar a few years ago, that McDavid was just able to also will, like it was like McDavid, it was like Drysaddle's like second or third season, McDavid's like second or first, and he just like McDavid just willed the, them into the playoffs where they choked versus the Ducks. But yeah, that's a different issue. So there really should be two awards. I mean, the heart technically is supposed to go to the most value, like most valuable player. It's traditional, like team. like when you hear people talk about it, it's the league MVP. Right, like yeah, exactly. And I feel like there's that false connotation. The Ted, the Ted Lindsay Lindsay's is the player's choice. Really, and the, uh, but it's it's like the it's still the yeah. MVP though the mm-hmm. way it's worded. <laughs> so I I feel like it's just the heart gets the heart. The heart is the official vote. The, the NHLPA the the players get the Ted Lindsay. It's like yeah, it there isn't really much to it that that's the distinction. Should there should the yeah? It's not like the. It's not like the NBA where it's just the voters decide. Like, if trust me, if there was a voter, if it was like a Ted Lindsay Hart Trophy type thing for the NBA, trust me, LeBron would have literally one of the two every single year, without a doubt. There would be no debate. Like, LeBron doesn't have enough MVPs or something like that, or he, they always make sure LeBron gets like only a few MVPs, so it's not like LeBron's the greatest. Yeah. I don't know, but moving. Just saying. Uh. To our final point, this is not going to be that long. It's just a kind of quickie thing. Uh, Afghani Malkin, Gino's wife, is uh, ha, ha, has said a couple comments. Wait, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa Wait, hold on, did hold, you on, say hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's uh, instead of Afghani Malkin, yeah, Gino's Evgeny wife, Malkin, comma Gino's wife. No. Oh, you know well, what I mean? Like Afghani Malkin, the... Gino, his wife. No. Uh, I think no one that had both stopped. Confused. It was very confusing. Gino Malkin. Gino Malkin, who is Evgeny Malkin's wife. Evgeny Malkin's wife. Gino's <laughs> wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a word. Uh, has come out with a couple comments regarding her husband's future plans. She says that he belie- she believes that he will end up uh, leaving the Pittsburgh Penguins at some point before he retires from NHL hockey play and go on to be a first-line centerman somewhere else and also believes that he will play some time in the KHL in his professional career. I think that it I, – I really think that surprised. he – I, I, I agree. I think that him leaving to go to a team where he is the number one center is a great move. He would – Make good money if that was something he was concerned about. He would probably choose the team pretty, you know, handily. He'd probably have a – it'd probably be his free agent season. Uh, 
he he would not want to go to a rebuilding team. He'd want to go to a team that's Obviously a cup contender. Not. I mean, he'd be he'd be thirty five. Yeah, he's 35, also thirty. He's thirty four years old and he's putting up almost eighty a year, anyways. So, well, yeah, like he's it's like Alex be, Ovechkin. Like if, one, be, if Alex Ovechkin hit the market like at thirty six, like you're not gonna say, "Oh, I'll give you five million dollars because you're old." Like, no, he's still gonna be putting up like fifty goal I mean, seasons. Joe so Thornton, despite the fact the that he's falling off sense. and isn't really as great in terms of offensive production, he. He gets paid an old man contract. Yeah, That's but I true. feel like it's I feel like it's somewhat different though. I feel like Joe Thorne had that period of time where he was making big bucks, and now he's like this year he signed that contract so he could stay with the Sharks yeah, and make exactly. it work. So if the Sharks had abundance of cap space, there's I I believe Joe Thorne would get would have gotten paid like three four million dollars this season. Mm-hmm. He's also forty two, which is a for Evgeny. It's for Evgeny. It's probably going to be. Where he goes to the KHL, probably in his we call Yager years, right? Where he's yeah. playing into his if he's playing into his forties, yeah. Where like no one in the NHL is going to offer him more than a couple million dollars for a season, and he can just well, that will be know. when his values of fit like really exactly when it's decreased. But, but at the moment, he's by the time his contract expires, like yep. he's still going to be a he'd be a solid one C wherever he went, and good exactly. for him too because he's been like not that's been bad for him because he's won three cups but he's been playing second man to Sidney Crosby his whole career so exactly it'd, it'd be nice to finally see him go somewhere else and shine there and be like the face of their franchise so he definitely it'd be it'd ball. be great to hear so we'll, we'll see what happens with Evgeny Malkin there's still plenty of time a lot can change in a few years so mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked exactly. the KHL point too just makes perfect sense though just because I feel like a lot of Russian players like that's like their final like hockey. Like they they go to die in the cage. Yeah. Not literally die, but like their hockey their hockey careers put to rest okay. in the cage. They go back home. That is about all the time like we have for today. Like, okay. We're good. On the Puck Talk Live podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you uh if you enjoy our stuff, share it around. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Puck Talk Live on Instagram. Hit me up on Twitter at LJ Rosengard. Rafi, plug yours. Uh, Rafi, S8819. Yeah. I think yours. by now I'd remember that, but I still don't. I still have to go to Twitter. <laughs> and Noah. Noah underscore Foster18. Aspirations, dreams. Logan likes to say grocery list. Anything we can do to improve the show. Yeah. Anything you want to talk about, just don't think Drysaddle deserves a heart. Hit up Rafi. Don't think, <laughs> don't think the Canes are the best team in the NHL. Talk to Logan about that one. He'll talk your ear off. So anything you want, anything you want us to uh, improve the show, anything you want us to talk about, because, you know, season's slow. It's kind of another episode in the books. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you guys on the next episode. Have a good rest of your day.